0: Welcome back, everyone. Second hour of the program. Julian King in the chair with you on Summer Mornings. Great to have your company across the listening area. Addressing at 11.70am in Sydney. SENQ, 693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Gold Coast. Similar weather patterns, about 27, 28 in Sydney, about 30 in Brisbane, 29 in Gold Coast. Uh, but for all of those major centres, partly cloudy, chance of rain. Now, I'm going to be driving up to Queensland on the weekend. So hopefully, as I understand, the rain just going to wheeze up Because I've got to take the kids to SeaWorld. I promised them a trip to SeaWorld. Last time I went there, they had the roller coaster called the Corkscrew. I don't know. Is anyone listening via in 1620 or maybe even Brisbane as well? Is the Corkscrew still a roller coaster at SeaWorld? It was a very good one. But I was knee high to a grasshopper back then. So a long, long time between drinks. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, Scotty Sattley, if you're listening, by the way, I I need somewhere to stay. So I'm going to bunk in the Sattler residence, if that's OK by you. We'll catch up with Brett Phillips shortly on the program to talk all things tennis, our resident tennis expert here on the SEN Network. Just recapping, last night in the big batch, the Perth Scorchers, they're just too strong, too professional. Defeated the Sydney Thunder by seven wickets. A uh, bit of a talking point about the state of the pitch. It was substandard, no doubt. I caught up with Scott Bailey in the last hour of the program. Look, the Thunder, competitive in patches throughout games, but they just they don't have the depth at the moment. To compete, that is a problem that they have. The Perth Scorchers, I mean, they had that little blip on the radar with that last outing loss uh, prior to last night to the Adelaide Strikers. But normal transmission resumed. Such a good cricket team, and have been the benchmark of the Big Bash since the tournament started, what 13 editions ago. 13 editions ago. The opener debate for the West Indies series it seems to be a two horse race D Smith and Cam Green. I suspect it's going to be Cam Green. There's talk about Sam Kerr still having a role to play at the Paris Gays, maybe just as a penalty taker. I've heard fewer more ridiculous things in my time. In FA Cup action this morning Man United defeated Wigan 2-0. Who uh, scored? Dallow and I think Bruno from the spot. So it's nice it's nice to see it's nice to see Man United get a win isn't it? Wigan. Let's just say to my during the break, uh, the great Johnny Filand played the bulk of his career over in England for Wigan. Talking about splits, Lance Thompson going from the Dragons to Cronulla, very sad. Yeah, that was. Because the thing about Tomo too is, is that he was quintessentially red and white and to the point where uh, didn't he take a pay cut to stay at the Dragons to keep that band together? He ends up going to the great rivals being the Cronulla Sharks. Paul says, Jules, how many young bowlers would love to play at that pitch last night. The game was interesting to watch. Who needs flat wickets? Yeah, look, I hate flat as attack wickets. I do. This is probably a bit too much the other way, where someone just sticking in the pitch. I mean, you can't bowl fruit and still get wickets because they jump up. And it did go too far the other way. It wasn't a great pitch. It wasn't a great game. But I'm not death-riding the pitch as others are. Thank you, Paul. And Jules, Breakups. Icon. Icon Mario Fennec south to the Gold Coast Chargers. The goalkeeper? You mean he went to the Crushers, didn't he? Any Souths player going to the dark side? (laughs) Barbecue chicken by the Roosters. Thank you, Nick. Well, I said the only you know how many Souths and Roosters players can be equally loved by both clubs. Ronnie Coote, hundred percent, and I reckon Craig Wing. What about Fletchy? Reckon Fletchy. So, Ronnie Coote. I've asked this question before. Ron Coote, Craig Wing. I reckon the two players that are equally loved by both Souths fans and Roosters fans. 0457 736 736. I made the mad dash down for the game last night from the coast. You know what? I, I should know this now that I'm into my 40s, but self-administering sunscreen is really not wise when you've got somebody else to do it. You know how you try to sort of get up on your back and all over, you reckon you've covered every spot, and then you're in the sun. A few hours later, it shows up the bits you miss. So I've got these weird sort of random patches all over my shoulders because I just missed that spot. It reminds me years ago when I was playing... When I was playing? When I was at school, the swimming carnival that we had... And I was in a colour house called Tracy, which was yellow. And it just so happened that our year group had a stack of kids that left in year 10 to become apprentice mechanics and the rest of it. You could do that back in the day. And so we had about five people in year 12. We ended up swimming all the relay because there was no one else to to compete. And Adrian, good morning to you, Adrian. He wanted to show his, his team spirit. And he said, this is what I want you to do. Let's write... My number and name in the back with zinc. I said, You sure you would do that? Yeah, so you know, Adrian number seven. And what happens? He walks around shirtless all day and he's got basically a number seven burnt or photo negative in the back of his well, on his skin, and that would have lasted the entire winter. So you don't think these things through. But now I'm gonna have to deal with some kind of these red patches. And when that eventually goes brown, I'm gonna look a bit spotty, Maestro. Rather sadly. Sporting splits. 0457 736 736. we brought the news to you this morning that tiger woods and nike have amicably parted ways one of the all-time great sporting partnerships and a few people to mention on the tennis front or kim clysters and leighton hewitt you remember that aussie kim i'm not sure if he have to put that in his copy but brett phillips is on the line right now morning bp uh morning enlightening <laughs> Uh, three minutes while I've been on hold. I enjoy being on
1: hold, and I've learned a lot, Jules. I've learned
0: a lot. Have you ever tried to sort of slip, slop, slap, you go, and, and there's always that bit where you miss, you know, you put the sunscreen on, you just get the little red sort of triangle, damn, and you've got to wait for ages oh, yeah. for, that, for, for that tear to disappear. I'll tell you what. Aloe Vera was my best friend in Bali one year, Aloe Vera
1: and me. We spent three days, curtains (laughs) closed, (laughs) never to return.
0: (laughs) Oh, I can just picture that, Brett Phillips. You dim the light, put on the Barry White and the Nora Jones and got funky with Aloe Vera. (laughs) Yeah, Aussie Kim. Aussie Kim, I remember that well. Yeah, uh, you know, she, oh look, she's always still beloved by the Australian crowds too, isn't she? she uh, Kim Kim Kleisters, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Thanasi Kokkinakis in Adelaide. You've been covering this. Uh, lost his match up against the Serbian, Dusan Lejevic, three six six one six four. What did you make of that?
1: Yeah, it started it started really well, Jules, and you know, obviously had a full house there, a Memorial Drive. Uh, the crowds were outstanding for uh, a day one of this tournament. Uh, back to a week, and of course, they've hosted the first two weeks of the season the last two years with the shifting around of tournaments but look yeah two losses to start the season I mean it's not disastrous, it's a long year you play a lot of matches but yeah I think the jury's out on Thanasi as to where he can go and how driven he is to um, you know be the best version of himself, I've said this a few times on SCN and on the first serve and you know he's outward in uh, expressing you know his thoughts, he's not keeping it a secret from anyone that he struggles with the grind of it all. And, you know, the players don't have a long off season, uh, but his matches, you know, there's a bit of a trend that um, he'll be in an advantageous position and then sort of let that opportunity slip. A lot of his matches go to three sets. There's some really tight sets and tie breaks. And that means, you know, you're, you're cutting it very fine. Uh, you're real 50-50 chance of winning. And, uh, you know, some of them go his way and some of them don't. So, you know, he could sit between 50 and 100 all year and earn a decent living out of the sport but I mean he's always had top 50 capabilities but whether he's going to get there you know he's going to have to really roll up the sleeves Jules because the competition around him is really really hot there's no easy matches you can't ease, ease into any tournament these days and well, I'm fascinated to follow the journey this year, whether we see the real upside or whether he, um, yeah, just sort of meanders through the season.
0: Yeah, indeed. And the thing about the Nasi, former champion there, you never quite knew what his ceiling was. He, a very popular player, a very talented player, just just cursed with injury. And I, and I hate seeing in any sport BP sort of unfulfilled potential. You talk about top 50. You know, If he went unencumbered through his whole career and played to the best of his ability, oh, I thought he was a top 20 standard player at the Nasi.
1: Oh, no doubt. I think that was the narrative at one stage that he was, you know, better than Kyrgios when he was, uh, you know, at his uh, absolute uh, peak. And look, he has, yeah, obviously dealt with a hell of a lot. Um, And look, it's just good to see him playing uh, with no real injury concerns. So now he's got to try and make the most of that window, you know, that he has 27, 28, you know, can he play his best tennis and be inside the top 50? So... Yeah, there's just no shortcuts. Um, He's going to have to really dig deep. And and that goes for, you know, that big batch of Aussies ranked between, say, 40 and 80 at the moment. You know, they're all capable. They're all, you know, got uh, great assets they bring to the tennis court. But to go further, they're going to have to really dig in.
0: Uh, I'm so glad, and we talked about this yesterday, didn't we, about this batch of Aussies in in that top 100, because there was a while where it was looking really barren, where we had hardly any players in the top 100. And I was thinking back to the day with such a rich tradition that we have in the sport of tennis in this country where, you know, outside the sort of the the top guys, you had your, you know, your Kratzmans and Frombergs and Kales and players of sort of that calibre that were really solid sort of top 100 players. So it's nice to see that depth being bolstered again. In Australian tennis. in the men's doubles, uh, Savile and Bolt fell to the German duo 6-4, 6-4. Uh,
1: yeah, and Alex got through qualities, which is good for him on home soil from a singles uh, point of view, but didn't quite get it done in the doubles. So, yeah, despite losing Kokonakis, Adelaide, it's got plenty of Aussies. Um, Chris O'Connell, Jordan Thompson, Ricky Hidge are all going to play on centre court today. A great result for a guy called Adam Walton. Now, to your listeners, he m- might be relatively unknown, uh, Jules. I mean, he's 176 in the world, absolutely lit it up in college tennis at Tennessee. Came onto the tour pretty mature at the age of 23, 24 last year. He's gone from no ranking uh, to be inside the top 200. He was given a wild card into the AO for next week. And he qualifies beating uh, two top 100 players in Adelaide, earning himself a spot in the main draw. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Adam Walton. Young kid called James McCabe as well. Now, he's got in as a lucky loser. This is what happens with these events leading into the AO. There's a few in the main draw who decide to pull out late to be ready for next week. So you get a few lucky losers who stick around in qualifying. Uh, James McCabe's a 20-year-old from Sydney. Uh, built like a brick shelter shed, let me tell you. He's got uh, huge <laughs> shoulders. He was a swimmer back in the day, He'd make a good rugby player, I and mean, yeah. he can serve big. Uh, so he's bound for the top 200. So, yeah, I think, you know, look, James Duckworth, he slipped back inside the top 100 uh, officially yesterday with his yeah. quarterfinal appearance in Brisbane. So let's hope Jason Kubler can get back there where he was pretty much for the bulk of last year. That would make 10. But I'd love more between 0 and 50, Jules, because mm. the Demon, um, you know, he's up there and Purcell and Popperin and sort Of kicked himself the top 50. Let's have
0: a few more, Kim. Indeed, you know, this morning we're doing a bit of uh, tennis research, and Charles, who's producing today, was stunning because that can't be right. I said, What's that? There's a tennis player called Matthew Delavadova. I said, yeah, that is absolutely right. Do we know if he's related to the basketballer, Brett? Yes, he's a cousin. Cousin. Okay. Um, he is a cousin.
1: And, and in fact, we had Maddie in the studio for a whole edition of the first serve game back to, I think it was February, right. almost 12 months ago, and he's had. Yeah, he's had a tough ride, and actually, you know, to see him win a qualifying match in Adelaide was brilliant. At a 250 event, that's a big step up for him. He's in the 400s. He has toiled all over the world, earning next to no prize money. His father Peter is a well-known coach here in Melbourne, at it's a uh, beautiful Wonga Park, and. He um, has, you know, largely funded, you know, Matthew's uh, career just to see him on the road, and uh, I hope he eventually gets some rewards. His many are in the ecosystem dreaming uh, of a professional tennis career, Jules, and, you know, it's it's hard yards for a lot of them.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Now, Aussie Open qualifiers, Brett, cancelled due to poor weather. Uh, We understand it's set to go ahead, uh, well, around about now. Is that right?
1: Yep. Yep, they're on court. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Weather... I mean, the weather is the absolute stark contrast to yesterday. So, uh, you have had, um, you know, sunshine out this morning and we won't get any rain. Uh, Dane Sweeney's out early. All-Aussie battle on court three. Uh, Priscilla Hon, the Queenslander. This young uh, Emerson Jones is one to really put an asterisk next to the 15-year-old from the Gold Coast who has got potential star written all over here. Arena Rodianova, we've uh, uh, talked about a great start to the year, having to go through uh, qualifying. I think there's about 15 of the 25 Aussies out there today. So, yeah, look, washed out yesterday, but they've got Friday to play with if they need. Uh, the draw, obviously, for the, the main draw, comes out Thursday with a Sunday start, but you know, we'll, we'll see how today pans out and if they can catch up.
0: And just a quick word on the women's tournament uh, underway in Hobart. I'm just having a look here. Mm. Got, uh got Emma Navarro, Sophia Kennan, I see, is in action as well, and uh, the Aussie, Olivia yep. Gadecki. Yeah,
1: and Daria Seville had a great win uh, last night under lights there in the Hobart. So she was the late call-up, Dasher, over the weekend as the late wild card. Once she'd actually got the Australian Open wild card, which meant that she didn't have to go through qualifying, Hobart snapped her up, and, yeah, Dasher was terrific last night coming from a set-down. And, yeah, Kadecki, as you mentioned, the other one in the main draw. We're hoping, Olivia, this year can... Maybe crack the top 100. She's in that, what I call, a little graveyard area between 130 and 100, uh, Jules. It's sometimes very hard to get out of. She's made a lot of uh, ITF finals. Um, I think she's 3-11 and 11 in those ITF finals, so she needs to turn those into victory. But she's a huge talent. Uh, once again from the Gold Coast, who do produce um, not only um, uh, good weather, but some good tennis players. And, yeah, she'll be in action uh, a little bit later. Beat Kim Birrell up at uh, Brisbane last week. So
0: that was, um, yeah, a good little fillet for her. OK, great to get your thoughts as always, Brett. We'll be in touch regularly throughout the course of the tennis summer. Thank you, mate. Indeed. Thank you, Jules. Yeah, just I can't get that image out of my head. Brett Phillips in a dark room at Bali, just him and aloe vera. Said. Crack a bin tang, put on the Nora Jones, and let's go down to Funky Town. 1300 That That is the open line number, and the text line number 0457 736 736. Rob from Sutherland Shire. Jules, I'll be putting Cameron Green after Mitch Marsh and opening with Steve Smith. Experience and success counts for a lot. Holding a wicket as an opener, giving Green a chance to get more experience over time. Smith has a great record of three. No real big difference opening. Oh, yes and no, Rob. I just, you know. The point is, if Andrew McDonald says, I'm reluctant to move him from four, if Pat Cummins says, I'd rather keep him in the middle order, I mean, you've got to keep the counsel of the captain, even though he's not officially a selector. So it's great that he's prepared to put his hand up, and said, I will do it, and maybe he needs that as a a Phillip to sort of get him out of that, you know, by his lofty standards, a batting funk, Steve Smith. And as I said yesterday, you know, he's still good. He's just not as good as he was. And it's a hard thing to swallow. It's like James Tedesco. If he only has a 7 out of 10 game, everyone's calling for him to be dropped. He's been 10 out of 10 for years. Ah, Tedesco cost us origin one. Yeah, he's not the player he was. Drop him now. He's not the best. You know, think very carefully before you dump your champions. Very, very carefully. Good on to you, Rob. Good to hear from you. I don't know, JK, says Pearl. If you're at the beach with mates, I'm doing the sunscreen myself. I ain't asking Steve-O to sunscreen my lower back. <laughs> yeah, would you mind putting some lotion on me, please? Steve-O, as in Steve-O'Keefe? Socky would do it. He's that kind of guy. He's a very giving individual, Socky. No, but I was at, at just the, the holiday house with the wife and kids. You know, we got, I mean, we've got so many sunscreens I can never find it. So we've got the big pump action one. you got that one, the Cancer Council recommendation, but you squeeze it out and it is thick as molasses. And it takes forever to apply. I can't stand thick sunscreen. And then the roll-on because it's convenient, but you, always, you never quite get enough. And then there's the spray. Now they say don't put the spray because half of it ends up on the floor. So I don't know. I remember when it first came out and they said make sure it's SPS 15. And now, I mean, you can't buy the stuff. It's got to be 50 plus. So go out, get some sun because you're so coated in the stuff, you probably don't get your hit of vitamin D, do you? Aloe vera. You're a sick puppy, Jules. Says Pedro the rooster. Well, aloe vera. we've got the fresh aloe vera plants outside our place, which is great. So you cut them off and just apply the gel. It doesn't smell amazing, but it's it's fresh. It's good stuff. But we know sun safety is a very serious issue, and we should slip, slop, and slap because Australia has the highest rate of melanomas in the world. I still have a portable spray tan booth left over from my three daughters at home, so Spart, feel free to pop over to Five Dock, and I'll, uh, I'll uh, even out the colouring before you go to the next performance <laughs> for man. You've got this little paper g-string, Spart. Aren't they the ones you got to slap on too? We just sort of and they put the arms out, turn this way, turn that way. Is that the one you stand up in and they just sort of... It's like you've been crop dusted or something, which sounds really, really unpleasant to me. 0457 736 736, the text line number. Feel free to call me 1300 01 1170, summer mornings.